1: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to Catfish Cops. My name is Tony
2: Godwin. My name is Brandon Port, and okay. we are joined again, again, by the indomitable Sonia Ryan.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, we didn't have Thanks. an applause track ready. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Well, Every, everybody's clapping. Everybody listening is going, "Thank you, Jesus."
2: And we finally found someone who sounds better than we do to take over for us. So. That was
1: awesome. Thank you for doing that. That uh, has fulfilled a dream, and so
0: you might be able to use Aussie disclaimer from here on out. Hey,
1: yes, Uh, that's that's my hope. That's awesome,
0: (laughs) awesome.
2: Uh, We're talking again this week with the Carly Ryan founder, uh, foundation founder Sonia Ryan. Um, So you've heard a little bit about the story. We're going to delve into a little more in depth um, into some of the things that uh, have probably shaped Sonia today and the foundation today. Yeah. Um, so we're going to jump right off. One of the things that we talked about um, after last week's episode was what struck me about the deception that Gary Newman used um, and some of the grooming and, and manipulation that he used, obviously to work his way into, um, into that situation. So, It's, it's sort of, I think the part of the story that I would guess listeners probably kind of turn tuna into a little bit. I think it, because it's sort of, it's part of the compelling part of the story is that Mm -hmm. you met him before Mm -hmm. this happened. This Mm -hmm. wasn't just a complete stranger, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, abduction and, and that side of it, but, but that you had an interaction with him um, yeah and it's f-
0: difficult for people to understand, yeah. um, you know, f- that are not in our life, and we're not part of the journey um and part of that that horrific time right. um, to be able to get their heads around the fact that you know people might say, well, how how could this happen to her child? Why couldn't she see it? and all all of the rest of it. Um, and you know you cannot underestimate the mind of of somebody whose sole intent is to get access to a child for the purpose of of you know harming them in some way yeah. or exploiting them in some way yep. they will you know do everything possible and Gary Newman used his own son for goodness sake I was going to say he's right. he's you know.
2: using his own kids yep. Yep. I mean we talk about the fact that he tries to bribe his oldest son Mm -hmm. and then he threatens to implicate him in the murder.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially he was operating over 200 fake profiles online. He um, had multiple personas. He created a whole family, a whole fake family. So he initially presented himself as Brandon, this young musician to, to access Carly. But we believe he used another persona of another boy to try and access Carly and her friends previously. Oh. Um, uh, but, you know, that one didn't work. So he moved on to this Brandon persona and he actually met Carly's best friend first online.
2: I was going to ask about that. I read that somewhere that he had, he had started mm-hmm. communicating with her
0: mm-hmm. and she yep. didn't
2: respond to the sexual advances as... As quickly, I guess that he wanted, or what was the what was the reason that that sort of? Well, there dissipated?
0: were no sexual advances straight up. You've got oh, okay. to remember this right. was an eighteen-month grooming process. Yeah. So, what had happened is he was talking to her friend, and he saw Carly's profile picture on her friend's social media page. Right. and said, "Who's that?" And so, you know, Carly's friend gave him. Her email address and and contact details, and that's how they started to to chat. Oh. So he posed as this young boy Brandon, but then he also created fake profiles of Brandon's brother, friends, family members. So oh, he wow. created the you know persona of Brandon's father, Shane. Right. And so he he was pretending to be the father, the son, the friends, um, and wow. you know he he orchestrated this completely fabricated life mm. this you know f- full of you know i don't know a sick fantasy i guess you could call it right maybe what is what he wanted his life to be because his actual life is so miserable yeah. living with his mum you yeah. know um 49 year old man uh, not much going on clearly right. um so you know he spent his entire waking hours you know um operating these many different personas. Yeah. But then he also had, you know, multiple mobile phones, multiple phone numbers to be able to back up those personas. He had um, fake identification. Um, he wow. had um, – so his deception to to me – I mean, I would talk to a lot of Carly's par- uh, friends' parents. Yeah. It was nothing out of the ordinary. So she just wanted me to talk to Brandon's dad, which I did, who then said, I'm coming through your city – on my way to visit family and I'd love to drop some presents off for Carly for her birthday from Brandon. Brandon can't come but I can come um, to your mind? Right. And I said, well, we'll meet in the main street and I'll just need to see some ID. Um, mm. And, you know, just because he'd come yeah. from interstate, never met him before, I didn't know who this guy was. So right. I did do that. So wow. we met in the main street of my town mm. um, in, his, in his car. Uh, we, we drove up there. And he just presented like a dad. Yeah. He didn't look at Carly weird or didn't do anything. And know. showed
1: you an actual ID. Yeah, he
0: showed me an ID wow. of this fake dad, Shane. Yeah. Because
2: um, he was posing he, as a security? Pose,
0: yeah, he was posing as a security guard. He was wearing a security shirt with a security logo embroidered on his shirt. Now, that was all fake. Really? Yeah. Wow. So how is somebody like me – just an average, normal, everyday working mum, yeah. you know, and my daughter who's sweet as they can come as sweet as they come, like yeah. most the most beautiful, open, gorgeous girl, be able to, you know, you don't meet somebody down the street and go, Oh, well, you could be a predator and murderer. Yeah. Right. You know, you meet people all the time. Right. You could cross paths with with a predator at any given moment when you're just going down to the shops. You just yeah. don't know what people are actually truly capable of. But I was brought up by my father to always be, you know, open, caring for others, generous, welcoming, welcoming. and you kind of – Yeah, let's throw this
2: disclaimer out because I want to make sure that everyone that's listening knows we're not asking that because we. there's no shame or anything being mm -hmm. heaped on – but I know that people are
1: oh, that maybe just Wondering.
2: kind of just hear the details and are going, How did this get to this level? So I wouldn't would
1: yeah, even sorry. say it's gone farther because you actually checked a person's ID. Mm-hmm. Like even in 2007. That probably, that's not the norm today. We don't see parents that do that kind of stuff today. Mm-hmm. They might go meet a person in real life to say, oh, hey, how you doing? Well, I'm also sorry. got his
0: registration number, which worked out to be really beneficial wow. later on. Um, Good for so, you. you. know, though, I think people, it, it's so horrifying that people, as I said in the earlier episode, have to try and find a way to comprehend it and a way that some people comprehend this crime type is to go, well, the victim must bear some kind of responsibility. Yeah. All that happened here was was absolute deception and manipulation yep. and he manipulated Carly for over 18 months. So he, wow. you know, created that persona of, you know, caring for yeah. her, helping her do homework. How's your mum? You know, so this was built up over time before... And eighteen the months. Supposed dad came exactly. over that yeah. they'd been talking for a long time and there'd been no problems. So, eighteen months
2: right. is a it, you think about it, eighteen months, mm-hmm. an online relationship mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. But eighteen months, it to Carly and, computer, and to you, it wouldn't even seem out of the ordinary that he yeah. would no. be. Our bringing computer gifts. was
0: in our kitchen, so I'd be making dinner. It was in like, like the corner of the dining room and she'd be online talking to him. I could see a boy typing yeah. Yeah. on the little screen back then you got to remember this is 2007 right. yeah. a little webcam it's very different now right um but i was looking at the conversations i didn't see anything sexualized i didn't see anything strange when i was in the room i mean clearly right. there were conversations that were that way later on but i wasn't aware until obviously we went through the investigation yeah. and trial and began to really see what his intentions were but yeah. you know at the end of the day you don't Meet someone and think, "Oh, well, you could be a right a murderer. You know, I just right met him as a dad of two boys that he presented himself to be. um he brought presents for Carly. He met my entire family. Um nobody blinked an eyelid. Yeah, he yeah. was just someone's dad. Um and it wasn't until um there was this this moment around her birthday where supposedly Brandon was on the phone, which was obviously he was using his son to. To potentially be that that boy, um, that fake that fake profile, um, he called and wanted to talk to Carly. Well, she was with her friends, and she said, "I'll talk to him later." Well, I watched Gary Newman get really angry. Really, oh, she really? wouldn't take the call. He puffed up and got really quite like was towering over her, being really, really threatening. And I just that was the that was the moment where I went. Okay, something's, something's wrong. Yeah. Why is this father so interested yeah. in what his son and my daughter are doing together? Why is he so invested in this? Like what right. is going on? And the alarm bells went off and that's when I was like, you don't talk to my daughter like that, get out of my house. Okay. You know, and, and basically kicked him out. And that's uh, the
2: at the party where he he leaves.
0: He's, no, he he left for like – probably, I don't know, two hours or something, he came right. back and he said, look, it's late. Do you mind if I just stay? Um, I'm really, really really apologetic. Look, i just been under a lot of stress. You know, all the excuses yeah, people right. make up and I'm like, okay. And the, and the house was full of people. Yeah. right? So I didn't feel that there was any kind of problem, that all her friends were there, they were having right. a sleepover. It was in the morning that when i got up and i was getting ready to go to work and the kids were getting ready to get picked up by their families that i went past her room and he was in her room laying on the mattresses on the floor right. with all the kids yeah and i'm thinking why is this guy yeah hanging out with the kids why is he in the room on this sleepover with all these kids in here to which he said, you know, oh, no, we were just all up talking and playing games and stuff and I just fell asleep in there and I just said, no, get out. So get yeah. your stuff and get out of my house. And that's when, um, you know, he got – he was just silent. Really? Uh, yeah. And got out of the house pretty quickly and I just said to Carly right then and there, something is not right with this yeah. guy and his son, I'm, I'm really sorry but I'm calling it.
2: How was her response to that? She was
0: crying her eyes out. Yeah, right. Um, She knew I meant it. I said to her, you cannot, there is something really wrong. This is really manipulating and strange and this guy's acting really weird. Who does that? You know, um, something's off about this. My kind of mum alert bells went off somewhere and I just thought this guy, as far as my mind went, it went to this guy's a predator. He's a pedophile.
1: It's just not normal that's behavior as, yeah, that you would as, expect from yeah, an adult male. Yeah, to, that's
0: as far as my mind went. It never, ever, ever right. went to this guy's a child murderer. But right. you did, you know, and
2: you did everything. It, it, yeah. Listening to the details of it, you did everything right. As yeah. far as you put your. The computer in the, the room you're monitoring, all the things that we've been told for years, this is how you protect and monitor mm-hmm. what your kids are doing online. Mm. You were doing everything right. And, well,
0: you know, I just honestly, I, we were not prepared for a criminal like this. Right. You've got to remember she was the first girl murdered by an online predator in Australia. This, this crime type had never happened before. Yeah. yeah. So people were looking at Carly's case and going, oh, are you kidding? Like, can this be real? Right. You know, and so they don't have just, any way was to understand absolutely it. Absolutely shocking. Yeah. Um, and really shocked the nation. Like, right. it, it really. Um,
1: it's yeah. fortunate, I guess, that, uh, you know, nothing happened to you. Um, yeah.
0: Well, apparently he came back um, to my home after he'd murdered Carly. Oh, tell came. us about that. So the police uh, picked up. Um, his phone on on a phone tower right near my house. The wow. morning of, she was found at six thirty a.m. Right, and he was at my house at about nine a.m. I got home at like nine thirty a.m. And oh, from wow. where
2: he murdered her, you said you're about an
1: hour, an hour yeah. and a half away.
0: Yeah, so he'd driven from that that area to my home. Wow. And so
1: I mean, it it just it paints the picture to the the level that this guy would go through with those 200-plus profiles, mm-hmm. fake identification, fake embroidered shirts. Like, I mean, this stuff isn't no free. match
0: for a person like this. I mean, I'm wow. just a single mom, yeah. you know, with my kids um, living life, working full-time, um, you know, just, you know, we'd never had any kind of, you know, any kind of experience right. of, of that, that comes anywhere close to that kind of deception. Well,
1: how fortunate you weren't even home then because, gosh, I knows missed him
0: by like 30 minutes.
1: Wow, that is mind boggling mm. to even contemplate. It's terrifying. Terrifying, to yeah, young. absolutely. But you wow. know,
0: I wish it was me first a lot yeah. because I'd give anything yeah. to give her her life back if I could.
2: Yeah. Tell us about Carly.
0: A bright, happy, loving. The most beautiful girl. Oh, gosh, even from a little girl, she was the sweetest kid, very sensitive, um, you know, always wanting to help other people. Um, I'd give her money to buy shoes and she'd go and buy homeless people dinners and, oh, you know, wow. that, that was sitting out the front of McDonald's or whatever and just giving it with her friends and her friends being like, what are you doing? Yeah. She'd be like, shush, you know. <laughs> Um, he's hungry, it's cold, or, you know, she was just, that's what she was like. You know, I couldn't give the kid $70 for a pair of shoes. She she would come back with no shoes and she would have bought somebody else something. That's just what she was like. Very kind-natured, warm-hearted, um... Creative, artistic. She used to draw a lot. She used to dance a lot. She used to drag me around the house dancing. <laughs> she said, "Mum, can you just stop cleaning the house? and Come and dance with me." So we'd go. And, you know, no. she'd uh, she'd want to do that a lot. Um, very loved, lots of friends. Um, very warm. Yeah. Um, loved a little brother. Used to let him sneak into her room at night and watch late night movies, like you know, those black and white. <laughs> old movies like Gone with the Wind and all those movies. She was a, an interesting girl. She loved, um, you know, all of those amazing old classic movies. Right. And she used to yeah. get her brother to watch them with her and uh, she liked cooking and, you know, she, she was just really creative and artistic and, and just an absolute light. She was the absolute light of my life, yeah. that girl.
2: Well, I, and I just, I mean, you glow when you talk about her. Absolutely. We want to make sure that as we said to you earlier, this is we're we're not going to mention him anymore because we don't want to show a spotlight on him at all. Uh, He's a vile, vile excuse for a human. And so we want to focus on Carly and then the message that you took from her Mm I want to talk about that a little bit and then talk about trauma. Cause you mentioned that in the first episode that we spoke with you about trauma yeah. and that you didn't understand what trauma did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that we talk about in our cases, when we talk about a kid that comes in to talk about um, sexual abuse or some sort of abuse, they're speaking from a point of trauma and I don't think we, we can even give it the type of, of, words that it needs to be said about it uh, and how much it can shape and form the way things go in life, but how you recovered from that, your resilience through that and and just lead us through, you know, how you picked up the pieces to, to start this fight.
0: That kind of trauma derails you completely derails you. Um, And, you know, for me, um, it felt like every part of me was dissolved, just stripped away. Um, And so I was left in a very raw place. Um, and But in that space, I was also very open and um, I had a lot of clarity uh, and I was able to see things quite clearly. So, you know, all of those drugs that the doctors put on my table and wanted me to take, I knew not to touch them and I knew I had to just feel. And I truly thought it was going to kill me. Mm. Yeah. But to sit and feel it is the only way to heal from trauma. If you try and numb it with a substance or anything else, you know, whether it be alcohol, I don't I don't know, any number of things, for me that's the worst thing a person can do because you have to face it head on to be able to work through it. And then for me, the way that I worked through or, or walked forward with the sorrow was to feel the pain. The The, the trauma matches my love for her and yeah. my love for her is big. Yeah. So, you know, essentially I sat with that and I pulled in people all around me. So people just came, you know, um, so for anyone going through any kind of trauma, if they've lost someone they love in any way, the first thing that we should be doing is recognising that grief, that that level of trauma is normal first and foremost. Um, Going to fight or flight, it's what the body does. And so, you know, what are the practical things that I could do to help my body and my mind? Um, And so it was things like, you know, warm bath. Um, warm soups, moving the body, so walking, um, literally would force the pain off my chest because you're forcing your body to to to, to move, you know, to, to get going. Um, sitting in nature, uh, meditating, being still, uh, quieting the mind, um, yeah. you know, there's a whole range of different things that I did to try and help my body to be able to cope. Um, and there were a lot of times that I didn't because, you know, I'm mourning the loss of my only daughter. Sure. It's a, literally we've, we've been ripped apart. Um, we had no opportunity to say goodbye. It was, you know, never in a million years did I ever think I'd be saying goodbye to my own daughter. I thought it would be me going first. So, you know, it was applying those practical things, um, pulling in support from those people around me and, um, uh and you know, helping my body to be able to cope with that level of stress and strain because, as I said earlier, in the earlier episode, it's not just the crime itself, it's then the coroner's process, you know, the investigation process, the trial process, every all the horror that just keeps on emerging. It felt like I was just engulfed in blackness, yeah. the blackness that he and his son, his son had created. Mm. Um, and, you know, so... I had to do kind of basically anything I could to try and um, just breathe in and out, take one minute at a time if I had to, and try and get through the day. But the, I don't, I don't think I've, gosh, I don't, I don't even want to know how much I cried. And you said you heard
2: Carly's message to you. Yeah. Which was?
0: So I was in her room wrapped up in all her clothes and I could smell her in her clothes and, and, uh, Oh, gosh, I thought I was going to die right there. And I just heard her voice in my head. um, And I thought, oh, you know, I'm just in trauma, losing it. I'm going to just die here on the floor in a minute. But I heard her say, Mum, fight. Wow. As clear as day. And I just felt this immense love around me, like a, a love that I can't really put into words, a love that I've never felt I was held in an atmosphere of pure love. And in that atmosphere, something was ignited in me. I I find it really hard to describe, um, but I'm sure people that are listening may have experienced something or, I don't know, um, there's a lot of suffering in this world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me something was activated in me and it was like this I felt a vibration like in my chest and then I don't know, the tears stopped and I just I don't know, stood in in that pure love. Mm. Which energy, is energy, I guess you could say. So
2: That's been the motivation, you said. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, you know, for me my daughter saved my life.
2: Mm. And many others, I know.
0: Um, she, 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 she's the victim, right? She's the one that suffered the most. She's the one that saw the darkest side of humanity yet she saved me. And And our love connection is so strong that it goes beyond death. And
2: And we've heard you say you want to offer hope. Like that's the message that, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to speak to, to people. How would those listening What do you say to give hope for people who may have experienced something, not to this level, but something already, or maybe they're going to, how do we impart the hope that you're bringing through this? I mean, is there something that you can speak to that, that just says you'll get through this?
0: Never, ever give up. Believe in yourself um, and know that everything you need already exists within you. It's just a matter of being unable to connect in a real way and for me the connector is love love is the most powerful force in the entire universe that i have learned through this experience there is nothing more powerful um, than that Uh, and so you know i was able to connect to that love between myself and my daughter and that essentially uh, i felt like i stepped into pure light and in that kind of love, nothing can penetrate you, nothing can touch you. Um, and my motivation of my work, the motivation of of everything I'm doing comes from a place of love um, and care, genuine care for others. I would I will do this work until the day I drop dead and I will not stop. Um, I will not stop fighting for the lives of beautiful innocent children. Mm. And you know, tr- essentially, give them the opportunity to thrive and live and 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 have a have a wonderful life that all all young people deserve.
2: Yeah, you talk a lot about emo- emotional intelligence building,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and that's something that you want to impart to kids that you speak to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think th- what our listeners don't know is when we've got to hear some some presentations too that that kids that that listen to you speak see you as carly's mom not just Mm. you're not just an adult telling them how to behave online you're carly's mom Mm -hmm.
0: um
2: and you talk about emotional intelligence and and training kids up in that can you talk to us about that well
0: that's you know our project connect program our education program um essentially you know when i first incorporated the foundation that was my first focus and we went into schools and it was just me solo um, and I would stand in front of those kids and they couldn't believe that I was there. And so they, they genuinely were so thankful and they felt cared for. That's one, one running theme that I keep on getting from a lot of students is I felt like you genuinely care for us and our wellbeing. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and um, I guess just I'm not a CEO that sits in an office at a desk, I want to be connected to those kids and connected to community because, you know, what happens after I would present is kids come forward and disclose. Yeah. Um, And next minute we're connecting them to police or or mental health services or, you know, and finding a way forward for that young person who's might have been holding on to something for a very long time with no, you know, too fearful to say something and if I can give a young person their voice back, what an honor.
1: Oh, yeah. what yeah, Absolutely. You're honor. a catalyst, I'm sure, for many, many kids who have come forward and, you know, gotten the courage to come mm-hmm. forward and say, I've been victimized or I've gone through this. and mm-hmm. And by you showing that power of love that you've embraced and feel mm-hmm. and the voice of Carly talking to you and giving you that empowerment to go and, you know, talk to these people, these kids, and, and give them that opportunity, That's that speaks volumes, mm. volumes.
0: Yeah, well, it's a, it's an absolute honour to be in that position. And so, I, you know, I've done – Oh gosh, I don't even want to know how many presentations in the last decade. Right. Um, you know, after five years of doing it on my own, finally I was able to start getting staff yeah. and actually get some help. Um, it took a while, uh, but I just – any income that came in i just wanted to put back into the foundation so that then we yeah. could build um you know they have the ability to get staff in yeah. to, to help me because i started needing help i was getting lots of disclosures overwhelmed before, yeah. yeah before the australian office of the e-safety commissioner was a, was established we were reporting directly to instagram and you know yeah facebook and and all those guys to get takedowns and um, then I advised on the on the legislation to open the Office of the eSafety Commissioner and that's essentially what they do now and a whole bunch of other stuff. But, you know, you got to remember we're back in – I attended the very first Cyber Safety Summit in Canberra in 2010. Wow. You know, I said, boy, have we come a long way yeah. now with resources and tech and, sure. and things that are out there. Um, but, yeah, essentially that connection to community, connection to students – was such an important thing for me. I, I can't do it as much now because of the law reform and advocacy work that I'm doing and and ambassador work for police. Mm. But, you know, it's But you have where people that are is. still doing it though. Yeah, I That's, have a whole team of yeah. presenters and they're all young people. Yeah. Um, They're young people talking to young people. That's how I wanted it to be. Peer groups, that's… You know, they they can understand. They're on Instagram too. They they know the DMs kids are getting and the Snapchats and some of the techniques that people use to try and groom and and manipulate kids. And, you know, if there's any kind of vulnerability, whether it be low self-esteem or, you know, unhappiness at home or a lack of connection with family, that's an in. It's an in for a predator
1: yeah
2: yeah that's what they're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. that vulnerable mm-hmm. that kid that just a little bit of a crack in the in yep. the facade that they can infiltrate and
0: yeah and Carly didn't have her dad around, yeah, so you know he tried to be that father figure kind of type person mm, right. um, and that's why I thought he that's why I think he brought in the father character, um the other persona, um so you know. And the fact that she was so willing and open and, you know, loving. So he used her most beautiful traits against her right. to make yeah. her feel guilty and to make her feel, right. you know, horrible if she, if she didn't do something he wanted. I mean, that's, that's how he manipulated her and talked her into going to meet with him alone without telling me.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, which we see a lot. We see a lot of kids, you know, their, their traits that are positive are used against them. Um. But we're going to come back on the next episode and talk about the work the Carly Ryan Foundation is doing, um, some of the legislative changes that you've implemented um, both in Australia and hopefully here, um, some of the work you want to do here, some of the education stuff, Project Connect, um, and things about that uh, side of the work. But uh, we will see you again next week when we continue our talk with Sonia Ryan.